Welcome, everyone. Episode 59 of the Health and Wealth Podcast. Steve Giordano here. I am honored and privileged to be joined by my very special guest in Virginia, Mrs. Elizabeth Segura. How are we doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you. First question is, how's the weather there? Um, today, it's nice. The, uh, it rained earlier this week. We had frost, and then it was sunny a couple days before. <laughs> Got it, because I try to get everybody recruited to come down to South Florida. <laughs> I might. <laughs> it doesn't take that much hard work to recruit people down here because it's like 80. All the time. You have fake snow for Christmas. Pretty I went much. to Disney. Pretty much. So, yeah, you have a very interesting story. You know, been with FFL, like you told me, uh, since last January. So, uh, you know, the one thing I like to learn from people is, you know, you're in the entrepreneurial space now. Did you have any of that background in your family uh, prior to this or not? Not really. No, not really. Um, I, I used to be a, a school bus driver for special needs children, and that was a lot of fun. And then also I worked in a couple grocery stores, things like that. Got it. Okay. What did you, um, what was like your background and kind of upbringing? Like what were you, what were your, uh, the things that you were looking to do, like coming out of school and, you know, as you were growing up? Okay, well, um, when I first got out of school, I thought I wanted to join the military, so I, I, I went to boot camp, but I actually got hurt in the um, boot camp, and I had to go through rehab and everything, so that did not materialize. And after that, I um, did a lot of customer service-oriented jobs. I've worked in a nursing homes because I like helping people, and um, then when I got pregnant, I couldn't do that anymore, so um, after that, I sort of did a lot of fast food because, again, customer service, things like that. And then I got into some uh, middle management with training, uh, worked in a couple call centers and uh, ran a, a, what do you, a small little financial um, opportunity. Um, and then after that, I did collections for credit card debt. <laughs> and um, then I had another child. And then when I went back to work, I was doing the bus driver thing for about seven years. And then I happened into family first life. Wow. So that's crazy. So you're doing that for seven years. So then the question becomes, what is it that you saw from and from whom that you said, wow, I should try that FFL thing. Okay. So at first when I heard about it, I went to church, a friend of mine and her son was doing it. And um, she was showing me his, his paychecks. And I said, well, that's a scam. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to fool with that. So but then later she said, well, look, we're doing it. This was his parents that we're doing it. And I'm like, really? So then I thought, well, I'll, I'll see what it's about. And, um, then we kind of left it alone a while. And then they actually approached my husband and, um, cause they didn't come back to me. And so I thought, well, well, now they're going to him. I don't want to be left out. Well, they, they should have come back and talked to me. So I felt a little bit left out, <laughs> but in all transparency, it, it was all on the up and up, nothing bad. But um, that was the thing that spurred me to look into it was because now it was being presented to someone else and I didn't want to kind of be left behind. So that's, 
that was, I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I knew it was insurance that I just, but I had no idea. <laughs> mm. So, and then obviously you, you're on social media, so you saw a lot of stuff and kind of, I'm sure probably followed it. What was it that mostly intrigued you to, to kind of make the move from doing what you were doing for seven years? Uh, desperation. I, I was working three jobs at the time. I know a lot of people do that, but I was um, a school bus driver and I was going through some personal things where finances were super tight and I was just spending, I felt all like all of my time was working and I was still not having a hard time to uh, make ends meet. And so I thought, well, you know, I like the idea of sort of having your own schedule. I know we have a structure, but the idea that I could wouldn't have to ask somebody if I needed a day off, you know, um, for things like that. So I really was just hoping something could be better than the situation I was in. And when you, when you feel desperate, you kind of believe anything will be better. It's not that the job was bad. I love the kids. I, I do miss them from the school bus driving, but it was just everything else. So really it was just kind of desperation. I love that though, because to me, sometimes desperation and the, the circumstances in life, or what take you to making a move. Whereas a lot of times if you're comfortable and you're kind of just like getting by, whatever, you don't make the move. So I, I love that. And there's a lot of people in this company that stem from that. So I think it's a good thing. It's like, you know, the Lord doesn't give you anything that you can't handle type of a deal. Right. And he puts things in front of you and then he's like, well, you better run with it. And clearly you did. <laughs> So now as you like from a timeline perspective, from when you see the opportunity, decide you're going to make the move, go take the test and get licensed to like when you wrote your first policy, like what was that time window? Okay. So I began studying in uh, probably mid-ish September of 20 of 21. And I'm because when you, when you have a job where you just kind of drive, you, your brain kind of turns to mush a little bit. So it took me longer. It took me a month and a half to be able to digest all the information, to be able to understand it and feel like I could go try to pass the test. So I passed the test. I want to say it was late October. Um, and I remember that I, I was really, I was nervous, but I was excited. And then after I passed, I, I think I wrote my first policy on myself on Thanksgiving day last year. <laughs> Nice. Okay. So now, obviously, you know, you mentioned this to me before, like, you know, you got into it and there were there's just a lot of things you just didn't know, like, like most people, I was the same way. I knew nothing about insurance. What was it that early on, maybe you struggled with and you, you said to yourself, Hey, like, I didn't expect that. And, and how did you handle it? Okay, so I do not like um, rejection or opposition or anybody to say mean things to me. So, uh, so, and it's, that doesn't happen a ton as far as the mean things, but just um, my first dial day, I was so nervous and I probably literally took three breaks to cry because I was just so, it was so overwhelming to me, but I just, but I, you know, I called my upline and she's like, it's okay, you're gonna be fine. Just keep calling people. And I did, and I just told myself that I wasn't going to quit. Um, that was my really only thing at the beginning that was hard was because it was so new. And I'm a little older, um, you know, I'm in my early 40s. So um, 
you know, it was like, can I do this new thing? And, you know, maybe, maybe this is for the young people, not me. And, you know, but I just thought, well, I, I, I think I could do it if I just don't quit. And that was the main thing. So another thing that was something to overcome is I just want to be good at things right away. And if I'm not, I feel kind of like I'm failing. And so there was a lot of mental struggle of, oh, I, I suck. I, it's not the best way to think. But at the time, oh, I'm doing terrible. And, uh, and, and they would tell me, my upline would say, no, you're just learning. Like, you, you have to take the time. You have to um, let yourself learn. And, um, you know, Joe said once, he's like, you can't, what did he say? You can't, um, I think he said you can't uh, uh, avoid, like, I forget how I worded it, but anyway, it had to do with like, you're not gonna be able to get around it. You can't take shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You have to go through it. Oh, he said, you can't cheat the grind. That's what mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would, but anyway, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to just be able to skip all the, you know, the things that didn't feel good and then just get to the part where I knew everything. Cause I was used to being able to train and to coach and to develop. And, and I, and now I was the one who was having to learn all that stuff. So so there was that, but um, I'd say that was the toughest part. But when I really, I trusted the belief people had in me um, because I didn't really have the belief in myself. I I come from a lot of a background of it just wasn't natural to have a lot of self-belief. So, but I took others' belief in me and I looked at what they did and they said, if you do this, then this is going to be the result. It may not be tomorrow, but it, this will happen if you will do these things. And I just clung on to that. And so I'd say that was probably the biggest struggle. And even from time to time now, I still have these moments where I'm just feeling it. And then, you know, I have a accountability partner that I reach out to in the business and we talk through it, you know, but the key really for me is just have one singular non-negotiable, which is don't quit because if you don't quit you still have a chance to get better but if you quit then you chose to fail mm, love that that's that's a quote of the day right there i like that um and, and it's true because you know i i have we all have self-doubt in doing this i i have self-doubt every day um i have people work in my office they'll come to me and they'll say you know i suck at this i'm not good and i'm like no you are good you just you talk to three people and i talk to 35 and i sold three of 35 and you didn't sell one of three. So you have a people problem. So get more people. You can control that because let's face facts. You can be terrible doing this, but you'll run into enough people that want insurance. Would, would you say that's fair? I'd say that's very fair. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that that's how you get better because you're, you're failing forward and you're understanding that I just have to find the right. I literally just a second ago, just got a text from a call transfer who I text that her husband got approved. And she goes, thank you so much for helping me. Like I didn't even do anything. Like I just picked up the phone practically. And it's not always that easy as we know, but when the numbers are there, you're going to fall into that. And as long as you're nice and listen and do the right thing, you're going to be okay. So now you get yourself moving, and this is always a big thing for new agents that I, I love to ask. Clearly, you worked seven years, you're getting a paycheck. It wasn't where you needed it to be. You get into this, and now you're paying to play to make a bigger paycheck. How was that in, in embracing, I'm going to buy leads and spend money to make money? Oh, that was scary. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, we were, um, we were kind of what you would consider kind of uh, poor when I mean, we all we always had what we needed 
but growing up, but my mom was she, um, very good about uh, pinching pennies, making it work. So she taught us, you know, save and, you know, find the bargains and the coupons and, mm. you know, stuff like that. So then as an adult, you know, you're always thinking about, I need to have this money to pay this bill or that bill. So when I came into this and it was, oh, I have to, I have to spend some money now. It, it felt like I'm spending money. It didn't feel like I'm in given buying myself opportunities. I didn't see it as buying an opportunity. I saw it as I'm spending X amount of money. Oh, I hope I get it back. <laughs> mm. But um, I have really uh, transitioned in that because if it, it have it, having no opportunities is worse than you know the thought process you might have behind spending the money because not spending the money guarantees you that you're not going to get any further than where you are. And, and no matter how you're, if you're doing well, or even if you're not, you still need the next set of opportunities to keep that going. So, um, it took a while and, um, had a good conversation with uh, Joe one time and he helped me with a good lead strategy and, you know, and found some leads that I felt worked really well for me. And after that, it, it really helped. It didn't feel like a scary thing when I was getting the leads. It felt like, Oh good. I'm going to be able to, help people. I'll be able to get my money back. I'll be able to make a little bit on top of that, you know, invest back in. So it was a transition like everything else for me, because some people come into this and they're risk takers. I'm not a risk taker. If I was in the stock market, I'd probably cry, but <laughs> I just, I'm so careful, you know, and I'm just so nervous to do the next thing. Cause I don't know how it'll turn out. And that makes me nervous, but I do know how it turns out. If you buy leads <laughs> that if you talk to the people, then usually you know, you can help some people and then, you know, the process repeats itself. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I love to look at, uh, you know, like the, the two main reasons people fail, like it's very simple. They don't invest enough and they try and circumvent. How do I spend less to make more, which doesn't make sense in anything in any business in the universe. And then number two, they don't put in the time to work hard enough and grind. Those are the two reasons people fail. Like that's pretty much it. <laughs> like outside of that, I can't even think of anything. So now you get going and I know we talked earlier, you're kind of transitioning, doing some stuff, telesales. So you started out, you were all in the field. Yes. Okay. How was that? Because like, let's face facts. Like the field is, it's crazy. Like we're in crazy areas. You don't, you don't know it is what it is. How was that transition to going into people's homes? That was scary. <laughs> That's my answer for everything. It felt scary because it was new. And I just thought everyone's a psycho or, or I don't know if I should say that, but that was in my mind. Like, oh my gosh, everybody's a scary person, but really they could think the same about me. Yep. But um, I just tried to approach it as I've had people come to my house to hook up cable or to repair stuff. People I don't know. I didn't even talk to them. I just, I called a lady and then some guy shows up and he's supposed to do this job and he had a badge and I just said, okay. And, you know, so I just tried to look at it like that. But um, once I kind of got over being afraid of the people, like they were going to be, you know, saying no, or, you know, it, then it was fine. I just, my biggest hurdle with all of that wasn't as much about going into the home. It was just being myself. Because I thought, well, I need to be like this person, that person, and da, da 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 so I can, you know, make what they're making or do what they're doing. So once I learned to take the ideas of what they were saying, but be myself, 
things really started to go much better for me because I, I wasn't having only to manage the knowledge gap. You know, if, if you try to be someone else, now you're trying to be an actress or an actor on top of this knowledge gap. And it's just, I don't know, it's just not a good combination. But if, if you can manage having some knowledge, um, but then just being yourself, you're only having to manage one thing. <laughs> so that, that really helped. And then just having more appointments, seeing more people. I'm not a great, I'm getting, I'm, I was getting better, but I wasn't a great closer because I was very timid and I was nervous to ask or propel it forward or say the things that, that you need to say to help people feel comfortable making a decision. And I would get, I want to think about it or this and that. But then I learned rather than asking, how do you overcome an objection? It's how do you not get that objection to begin with? Mm -hmm. And so that, that really helped as well. Then I just started the more confidence I had in me, the more, um, I didn't mind going to their house or helping them and they didn't seem scary. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to break down some numbers here, you know, looking at your year, cause you're coming up on a year and, and kind of throw it out there to new people. Right. So you're going to write this year or protect, what is it? 200 and how many families? Right. Probably about two thirty ish. Okay. So two thirty. what would you say on average you spend a month in leads? Um, I probably average a month. You said probably four to 5,000 a month. Okay. So yeah. And, um, and sometimes it's like, sometimes it's between when I was in the field, it was, um, slightly less, but in, in, um, the, the telesales, um, I do a little bit more. It's, it fluctuates just yeah. depending on sure. the, the leads I'm getting. Sure. So let's say now you're going to spend 60,000 for leads now and to equate it to everybody and and tell me if you're not comfortable answering this would you say that in your driving the bus did you make that in in your salary for the year or did you make less <laughs> no you made Sorry. less okay now the reason i'm saying that is because when you're playing big to make big you're spent like you it's a different mentality right like i literally spend in leads double the income that I made in my, like I used to make about a hundred thousand. I spend, I think double that, right? Yeah. Well, not double, but whatever it is, I, I spend about 2,500. So whatever that number is. But my point is now, if you spend 60 and you're going to write 230, and then let's equate 20% chargeback, you made over a hundred, what, 150 grand, give or take, right? And in, in income, and now you're writing off sixty thousand in leads and gas and tolls and business expenses, right? So yeah, think that, about that for a minute. It's pretty mind blowing. I I remember the first month that I made in a month what I used to make in a year, and it was very exciting. <laughs> it's crazy. Like I mean, to really think about that, you know. And yeah, like with my breakdown, I spend 120,000 in leads in a year and I 10 X my money cause I write over a million. So what's scarier me not spending 120,000 in leads? Like, you know, I always think that what's the alternative to go back to what I was doing and I really don't want to do that. Right. So. I always like to say my worst day here is better than my best day at any other job I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> right. 
So now when you when you really start breaking it down and you start thinking bigger picture, now you're coming up on a year. You mentioned to me earlier you've started kind of recruiting, got a little bit of a team going. Um, what's your vision and kind of what you see in everybody building agencies? When you see that, what does that mean to you and what is it you're trying to do with that? Well, um, I don't know a whole lot about it because I haven't, I just have a, have a couple people um, that are with me, but I, I always have liked the idea of helping and coaching and training people. And I, and that's why I like doing insurance because, you know, I can help them, you know, help people get protection. But I'm, I just, I really would like to have um, an agency, you know, with people who really care about people as much as I do and who um, their, their passion would propel them forward and not just because they, not, not just because they thought that they could earn a lot of money, but just because they really did want to help people. Um, so for me, it's more about really helping people and just, you know, not treating them as a number or as a profit, but um, really investing into people, whether it's an agent or, you know, someone I'm sitting with or on the phone with. And that, that's really just how I view people in general. Yeah. And how have you been leveraging? Because I see, you know, some of your stuff on social media. How do you leverage now social media to share? Because I'm assuming probably those three people are probably warm market people that are with you, right? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I had some others, but they, um, they're still working on things. So. Sure, I get <laughs> but, it. <laughs> so you're kind of leveraging your social media to communicate to people what you do, and people are now reaching out. Yes, actually, yes. And that's the coolest thing about this because, like, how many people on social media are we all friends with that are literally sitting in the same position? We were desperate. I was desperate. And they're, like, looking for the next thing in an economy right now that is going through the ringer. Yes. I'm very thankful. A lot of times even I'll go to the grocery store and I'm just thankful that I don't have, that I don't have to worry about what I'm buying. And I, I don't take it for granted that I don't, that rising price, gas prices and food prices and these different things, it's not something that I'm struggling because at least with this, like, you know, even if I was, I could, you know, just try to work harder, write some more business at your nine to five, you're only going to get what you're going to get, you know? Very good point. There's, there's no upward mobility. There's no, you know, the, you hit the ceiling, you know, like they're only going to pay the bus driver so much, you know, like yeah. it's, this is the way it is. What are some things for new agents, maybe hiccups you had early on that you would give advice to and say, hey, I did this and hit this pothole. Don't do this. Do this. Okay. So um, probably this wasn't a bad thing, but it was something that um, although it helped some if I hadn't done it, probably things would have been better for me. And, and I would, and that was, I was just so scared to be on the phones that I just as quickly as I could earn the money to be able to pay someone else to do it for me. I did that because I didn't like the idea that everything was on me. Um, so I had someone, you know, I hired a service to help and they did book some appointments and I did run them and I did, you know, help some families that way. But the overhead of paying that when it wasn't for the right reasons, um, didn't end up being a good, uh, investment for me. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, there's nothing wrong with doing that. If, you know, it's just that I think the reasons behind why you do things are important. 
So um, that would be something I would avoid, like, just if you can learn to really maybe even like, like the phones, you know, or you know, I don't mind the phones now. At first I was afraid of it, but now I don't mind it because I've learned how to uh, approach it. If it's an older lead, I just, hey, I'm following up, you know, or if it's a new lead, hey, I just got this, want to take care of you, care of you. So rather than, you know, being generic or that's where the using someone else's word sometimes doesn't work for you. But I think just that was like a, a financial move that I would have, looking back, I would have either waited or done it differently or did some more investigating before I chose the um, people whom they worked for that I chose to do that. So that would be one thing. Two would be don't, I, I always want to jump on the next big thing. I'm not a risk taker, but if someone says, oh, this vendor or that vendor, without even vetting it or anything. Okay. You know, and right. sometimes that doesn't work out well and yep. you know, you lose that way. So, you know, if you hear of a new lead source, you know, ask someone else, Hey, have, you know, ask your group, have y'all heard of this? What are the, you know, have you had a good return on it? So little things like that. And then really just working the leads more fully because you can call through them one time. That's not really like working them. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be something that, you know, I did more toward the beginning and, but when you get leads and you actually work them, the, you know, the way that they're supposed to be, you find that you'll hit a lot more people and you'll be able to help them. And also, um, setting goals that aren't just, um, I guess dollar figure makes you feel like you have success having, um, activity oriented goals. Like, Oh, I dialed this many times today. Okay. I accomplished this or, you know, having, having things you can feel successful at that aren't just tied to if you were able to help a family that day, because you will have days, even if you're the best, you're not going to help a family and you try really hard. Then you have other days where you barely try and it falls in your lap. <laughs> so, um, and just keeping an open mind and not trying not to take it personal and uh, just soaking up and absorbing absolutely as much training and coaching as you can get but then applying it because mm. you don't want to just be a, a knowledge vacuum. Like it, you have to use it. If you don't, you're wasting their time and your time and you're fooling yourself. Yes. So there's a lot of knowledge vacuum people out there. There are, yeah. you know, it's like, like convention. I was going to talk about with you. So did you go to convention last year? I did. I had the, yes. Um, I had a, a really good convention story. It was great. Okay. So you go to convention and it, right around after you just started, how did that impact you? And like, how did you do coming out of convention and, you know, that February, March, April timeframe? Okay. So, um, convention really, really, it totally changed my mindset of, of this. It up into that point, a hundred percent of the minutes that were FFL related, I felt like I was an imposter, like I didn't belong here. I wasn't <laughs> good enough. Just there was nothing anyone could say to me that would make me feel differently. Now I was going through the motions, calling, doing what you're supposed to do. But I just, I was just, just so ready to, I just thought I would fail. So then when I went to convention, um, I, and I have a little, like, do you have like one minute for a story with that? I do. Okay. So the really neatest thing happened at convention. I, you know, I was soaking in all the knowledge. I was overwhelmed with how it felt like every speaker was talking to me. I mean, everyone, and I was taking notes, made personal recordings of it so I could refer back to it. I was just, I don't know, I was a knowledge vacuum that weekend, <laughs> but 
Um, I was learning so much, but I just still felt like, is this for me? Is this for me? I wasn't sure. And I was so scared. And, you know, um, so I was, you know, praying. I know some people are, you know, have faith and I have, I have faith. So I was praying, wasn't sure what to do. And so I was, um, you know, there was contests that went on there, like they tend to do with these things. And I was down front hoping I'd win uh, some leads. And um, I did not get picked to win leads, but there was a gentleman who did, and he saw me on the front row um, and I was crying because I was emotional over the whole, just everything. And he walked up to me and he said, you know, I really don't need these leads. So I'm going to let you take my place and you can, you can go up and you can get these leads because I think you probably need it more than I do. And that, that just, I can't explain what that did. I just felt like, wow, God was saying, I really do want you here. I'm giving this to you. Take this opportunity. Um, and so I just, you know, I used those leads. I came back. I had a lot more confidence. And I would say to anyone, if, you, if, you, if you're even thinking that you're not going to go to convention and you've never been, you should, you really should go. It'll, it'll change your mind. It'll really help you see this for, for what it is. Um, it, if you can get there, get there. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Yeah. I love that. I mean, what an amazing testimony. And you know, you were, you would have never had that experience if you wouldn't have been a convention. <laughs> Nobody was giving you free leads if you weren't there. I know. <laughs> But I love that because, you know, a lot of people, and again, it goes back to your mentality about, are you going to spend an investor or are you not? If you're doing this and, and we're literally saying like, Hey, here's all this money and knowledge in a bag sitting on a stage for you to come down. And then now you got to go apply it. It's not just going to, like you said, you're not just going to be able to store it and then magically sell insurance. You have to apply it. It's, you know, there's, there's two legs to this. Like, why wouldn't you? You know, all it says is that you just, you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe in this and you don't believe that this is going to really work out. You know what I mean? It says you're too timid to do this. And frankly, you shouldn't, if that's the case. I think anyone who's um, willing to try, you know, they can do well at this. Um, you just have to follow the process. And if you can, you know, I guess it's like anything else. <clears throat> you have to be taught first and it, and then you just have to have faith in it and do it. Um, no one can, they can, nobody can make you do it. Now they can invest their time in you. They can give you training and tools and one-on-one -on -one phone calls and all these other things. But if you don't, if you don't do it, then it's, I don't know. I just feel like if I can do it pretty much almost anybody could, because I probably had the least belief in myself of most people. <laughs> so I just figure if I could push through it, that pretty much anybody can who wants to. Mm. And I love, I can just tell from talking to you, like the transformation from a confidence uh, perspective that you took from when you started to now. And, and obviously, you know, your confidence and your ability, it's like a journey, like it doesn't end, you know, like, cause you're going to, all of us, we're going to deal with things that are challenging, but it's amazing from where it was to where it is and then where it's going. A hundred percent, always growing, always learning. Um, I'm thankful that I'm, I'm very thankful for the opportunity. I, I never worked in insurance before, so I'm thankful that Family First Life was my first, my first journey <laughs> into that world. <laughs> so good for you. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate the time today. It's really been very insightful. I think this is going to help a lot of new people. You know, and th and that's what I'm looking for. You know, you want to try and help new people 
you know, how can they get off to a, to a good start? How can they navigate the landmines? And, you know, there's great people like yourself who have done that. So I appreciate your time. And I look forward to seeing you at convention. Oh, yes, I'll be there. <laughs> Love it. Well, we'll keep the weather nice and warm down here for you. Don't worry. Uh, it's, Thank it's, you. it's 80 all the time. So um, appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk with you soon. Take care. Chaser with